Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Hi listeners, a little update for you. We will only be putting out one episode in January. It's not because we don't love you. It's because we want you to wait. We want you to feel the anticipation. We want February to come at you like some hot sauce. (laughs) Really, we just need some time to put together the show. And not to mention, February will be our one-year anniversary, and we're super excited about it. So, anyway, we look forward to that. We look forward to then. We look forward to you. We look forward to so many things. And now, on to the show. She increased her rhythm against his fingers. They both knew that something inside Mira was about to erupt. The feeling inside Mira scared her, but she also knew she couldn't stop if she tried. And she didn't want to stop. She pressed harder into William's touch. Her cries became breathier and more desperate. Each thrust brought her closer and closer, until finally there was nowhere for her desire to go but explode. Her deep muscles clenched around William's fingers as he watched her climax. She arched her back, her breast shaking with her convulsions. Her cries of pleasure nearly brought William to the brink. Who are you and why are you in my friend's house? You guys, oh my God. I was Meg. <laughs> oh, oh, hey. Hi, I'm Neil. I'm Claire. And this is I'm FMK Meg. Lit. We're... Go ahead. Where we usually read uh, two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. But today... But today... We have a very special friend. Hi, Meg. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Yeah, welcome back. We're excited. This is, of course, our NaNoWriMo follow-up. So you can find out exactly what happened over the month of November. Wherein we were supposed to be writing books. We, yeah... Yeah. We, yeah. we each did some of that. Sure. Sure. Before we get into it, though, hey, Meg, what's got you hot and bothered? Oh, boy. What has got me hot and bothered? Other I... than the steamy prose that you just Hello. read. Yeah, dang, girl, dang. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know, uh, the first thing that comes to mind um, that has me hot and bothered in a good way is uh, the fall scramble I had for breakfast. What? It had butternut squash. It had cauliflower. It had Brussels sprouts. It had crispy shallots and goat cheese and herbs. What? Uh. Yeah, so the thing that you just read was great, but that <laughs> but description this was did better, just yeah. make me need to change my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. That sounds so good. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Claire? What's got you hot bothered? Well, uh, okay, this is dumb. Because I told Neil all about it on the train over, and I would not stop talking about it. He was like, shit, shut up about this. I don't, I genuinely do not care. But y'all, Kirk Douglas is 102 years old. (laughs) And that's amazing. And I was like, no, no, it's cool. Like, did you know he's like a first generation uh, American? Like, his parents were immigrants from Russia. And, like, I was just going on. He had six sisters. And, like, his father sold rags at one point to, like, take care of all of them. He was born in 1916. That is insane. Also, how do you know so much about Kirk Douglas? Okay, so Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got I just, it. Just real fast, she looks at me and goes, Kirk Douglas is 102 today. I was like, oh, that's exciting. She's like, yeah, and his wife is also still alive. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And then she just told me his entire story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, sure. And then we changed topics. It's just like, well, and then Kirk Douglas. I'm like, girl! <laughs> Uh, yeah, Neil doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, I care in a very general sort of way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but like, he's amazing. And he's 102. He's like a piece of American history who's just living and walking among us. That's and that's amazing. Yeah. He's done a ton of shitty movies and a ton of really good movies. Right. He's worked with some of my heroes. Wow. And also, he's 102. He lived through the Great Depression, World War II. The thing that happened after World War II, the Korean War, <laughs> Vietnam. I mean, I don't think he did any of those things, 
But he, he acted. He throughout? was in World War Two. Was he? I he know was. this now because of Claire. Yes. Wow. Yeah. He was in a submarine, and he had to. Uh, he was. Uh, he was injured and uh, was. Uh, you know, excused from you know service because of his injuries. Uh, there's some, is, something about a depth charge. I really so he didn't has, like, understand. Like a purple what's heart, then too. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's unimportant. But I mean, American treasure Kirk Douglas is 102. Yeah. If this were England, he would have gotten a letter from the Queen two years ago. So really what I'm talking about is that I've bothered Neil <laughs> <laughs> for a long time about this. Okay, but it actually it does feel, it does figure back into romances because he and his second wife have been together for a very long time. She's 99. Wow. Yes. His first wife only died two years, three years ago. And she was 96. Oh, my God. Yeah. They must be, like, taking ginseng or yeah, something. What it, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. virgin blood. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, that, that's absolutely it. <laughs> anyway, I mean, Michael Douglas is also still alive. And, you know, actually, that's kind of amazing. Because he had the cancer. He did have the cancer yeah. from, you know, going down on his wife too much. <laughs> That is scientifically proven. Uh, we always make such tasteful jokes here on <laughs> FM Paylet. Indeed. Oh, anyway, uh, Neil. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. You hadn't bothered. Well, so I came in here ready to talk about um, this wonderful event that Nana Rima hosted, the Thank mm-hmm. God It's Over party, which oh. was a lot of fun. But then we arrived at this apartment, <laughs> and Christine let us in. And on the way back up to the apartment, she's like, so I made you a thing <laughs> that's not good. What did you say? Not good and not funny? Not good and it's weird. Not good and it's weird. And I'm warning. And I, we were like, oh, a giant puppet. <laughs> Something. No, she made us cookies that look like people having sex. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a horny snowman presiding over the whole affair. Made out of marshmallows. Made out of marshmallows. And what, what are the flavors of the cookies? Chocolate, orange, hazelnut, and mm-hmm. lavender and lemon. And they are so fucking good. And they all look like they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. She decorated yeah, them so great. that they're all happy. Everyone consented to this situation. <laughs> and that's what we care about here at FMK Lit. <laughs> cookie orgy, cookie orgy. Great. So should we dive into it? Yeah, yeah. let's... Let's get into this. Most important. Everyone's last word count. Oh. How did we do? I was at 95.05. I really wanted to break 10,000, and then I totally forgot it was the 30th, and I was like on a plane, and I meant to be riding on the plane, but I didn't. Oh. We learned at the uh, Thank God It's Over party, the trick is, on the, the last day, fly back from Japan, and you get an extra day. <laughs> Cheaters. Yeah, this one this one woman had like she was at like ten thousand words on like the twenty seventh and then she hit fifty thousand. Oh my god. Because she had an extra day because she was flying back from Japan. Wow. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Genius. So what about you, Claire? Um, my last word count was uh twenty eight eight hundred and forty one. Hey, <laughs> What was, your, what was your goal? Oh, I really wanted to do the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, my goal was the, what is it, was 50? 50, 50? Yeah, it was 50,000. Okay. And oh. I did, so I had over half, <clears throat> which I feel good about. Yeah. And yeah. like, actually, like in the narrative, it feels like halfway. Like, cool. I feel like I'm oh, okay. at the halfway point of the book. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I My goal was 25,000. Mm-hmm. I hit 30,137. Uh, uh, uh. Which. Uh. I'm going to admit, sorry, everyone, um, like 300 of those were submitted at like 12.05. <laughs> but That's all right. I haven't refreshed the page, so it still counted it. <laughs> <coughs> so, but yeah, and I feel like I'm not halfway done with the book, so now I'm worried mm-hmm. that my book is going to be too long. What's too long? Goldfinch was like 8,000 pages. Sold millions. <laughs> was it good, though? I never yes. read it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. There's lots of good long books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm aware. I I read good long books. I mean, like Infinite Jest is like infinite. It's yeah. forever. Literally. Yeah, it but never ends. But like, okay. So I'll ask the five people who finished it what they thought. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Yeah. But okay. also, if you write too much, then then like when you edit it, 
it's like you condense it into like greatness. Yeah. No, it's like I know. Writing too much is usually a good thing. I know that some of it was like, well, if I structure my sentence this way, it takes more words. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm Dickens in it up in here. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I think Neil and I on the very last day, the very mm. last night, the very last minutes <laughs> were together on my sofa. Yeah. And we were writing and I'd been up until like 3.30, 4 in the morning the, the night before Oof. just because I couldn't sleep. But I also couldn't write because I was so tired. But I also like couldn't sleep because I was sleeping by myself because my husband was away. Mm. And I thought, oh, there's a man going to come in through my window and kill me. Of course. Like every five seconds. I was like, oh, I'm drifting <laughs> off to sleep. Oh, but the man is coming in my window. So like I just never slept. Was there a man coming in your window? Never. No. <laughs> but that she and I had a conversation it's like, oh yeah, someone could very easily break into our apartments because of how like the buildings and the garages are set up in oh, our yeah. buildings. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So um so yeah, so I didn't sleep. So it was like getting on to like eleven thirty and it was like push it, Claire, push it. You could get in two thousand more words. Yeah. Like cause I write fast. I'm like, no, you can do it, you mm-hmm. can do it. And I'm pushing it. My eyes are like doing that thing where one closes and the other closes yeah. and it opens and closes and it's like they're going all higgledy piggledy. <laughs> and like I can't like I, I wrote sleepy. Like I, I was just typing and I just wrote sleepy. Oh. <laughs> and I looked at me and I was like, I'm done now. <laughs> and he's like, do you mind if I keep going? I was like, of course not. But I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, I was at, I had hit 25,000 a few days before. I was like, I hit my goal. Yeah. So everything is like icing on the cake. Yeah. And then it was like 1140. And I was like, I'm almost at 30,000. I can do this. And I'm like, I'm sleepy. I'm like, I don't care. I'm finishing. (laughs) You sleep. I'm right. Right. But also, like, I'm sure Claire wouldn't have minded. No. Like. You could have written all night if you wanted to. Yeah. She would have gotten to bed and I would have just let myself up. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, for for everybody here, (coughs) what went really well? Like, as you were in the middle of writing it, like, but let's not talk about, like, word count or anything. This mm. is just, like, the normal writing process. What went really well as you were writing it? What felt really good? And what, at in the moment you were doing it, felt wrong and felt like it was going poorly, but, like, you're on a train where you have to just keep going. So, so it's hard, but, like, what went well and what, what didn't? For me, mm-hmm. uh... The uh, there were moments where the words were just pouring out, and then like I'd go back and read them and be like, "That's good." Like it, it. I there were moments that just, but it's like I had already, kind of, lived the scene in my imagination. So it's like I kind of knew exactly what was happening. And then while writing, it's like making the discoveries of like, oh, I really want my character to get here by the end of this chapter, but. I I need to see more of what her day looks like. Like, what's the average day of my protagonist? And so I, like, learned so much about a character, and that was, like, fun and exciting. But what always worked well was when I knew that sex was coming. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get there, but I didn't want to... true in life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do my best work when I know I'm having sex that night. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that, that always worked. Where then I got into Chapter 3, and... Oh, was it? Oh, no. Chapter. Well, so I kind of have two protagonists, and, like, eventually they, like, fall in love. Um, but the, their genitals. With their genitals. Genital on genital love. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and my female protagonist, like, it's easy for me to write from her perspective. Like, I have to do a lot of research for her, because um, it's, like, farm life in medieval Ireland. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what farming is, obviously. Um, is there a scene where somebody has to draw a bath? No, because they barely <laughs> they barely ever bathed. Okay, this wasn't even a thing. So you might like it, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's going to get there because all romance novels, sooner or later, mm-hmm. the lady's like, you know what? I got to watch, th- watch this. Yeah. Like, I got to scrub up. And I also need to relax, and there's a mm. whole bath thing that has to happen. Well, the thing is, she, like, I mean, I, mean, I can tell you guys the premise of the novel later, but uh, she she gets enveloped in, like, a wealthy family. And so there is, I was like, I don't know, maybe they'll have a bath, but it's, like, somewhere between 1590 and, like, 1650. I still didn't decide as I was writing. I was like, I don't know, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> um, and... Uh, 
I was like, I don't even know if wealthy families had like tubs. I don't. We can ask Kirk Douglas. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> American treasure, Kirk Douglas. Medieval scholar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's the last time. That's the last time. It's pro- not. <laughs> Bart Ride Home is going to be. Uh, um, but we'll yeah, probably so, get three more in in this episode and then the whole Bart Ride Home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so what, what was harder was uh, I clearly identified so much with the female protagonist that when I was writing from my male protagonist, I was like, what? <laughs> so those were like the slog that I had to push through. And finally, I was on chapter four and I was like, yeah, I don't know. So I just skipped ahead and wrote the sex scene I really wanted to write. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and it was fun. Uh, so for me, something, and this happens to me a lot, is when I need to research something, I get stuck in a research mm. quagmire. And I know it's like, oh, it's a first draft. You can just like, keep going. But then I'm always afraid that reading it again, I'll be like, oh, no, I know I researched that, so it's fine. Until someone's like, no, you jackass. That's <laughs> not true at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was on Google Street View a lot. In European cities, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always something difficult for me. Cause, and then, of course, I'm like, oh, I didn't know this thing about, like, the Bastille. And then I just, like, sort of, like, go through a chain of... No, it's important for me. What's, right. Click on that. Click on that. No, Neil, right. You're writing right now. Ah. <laughs> um, another thing that was hard for me is that there were definitely days, like, I'd get home late. You know, like, it's, like, 9 o'clock by the time I am home and like done with my day and have eaten dinner and it's like I need to write you know my 1600 words Mm. but I just really don't want I just want to watch TV so there was some nights that like motivating myself to do it was hard because it felt like a second job that I wasn't getting paid for yeah which is not great but um I had a lot of fun I wrote uh non-sequentially the story is going to be sequential. I wrote non-sequentially, which is new for me. Mm-hmm. I normally... And it's it's different with a play. Like, I kind of like to just barrel through a first draft, and then I... And if I make a decision, a new decision about something, I'll just, from that point forward, write as if that has always been true, and then, like, go back and change it. Yeah. It's just easier for me when I have, like... The, the Even that's not the finished story, but the whole story from beginning to end out for me to retool so but I realized very quickly into this process that I did not have as enough planned as I needed to so I planned some stuff out and I was just kind of like oh that scene's gonna be fun to write I'll write that today and so so that was really that was fun for me and I think good for me to be like to, to approach something differently so what about you Claire? um I don't know like Uh, I did do a lot of prep work for this. So I had done a lot of research. Not like... I'd fully intended this to not be a book that other people were going to be reading. So there was a lot of things I just wasn't worried about. Like Mm -hmm. exactly what city she's in. Exactly how the law works. Like, 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 I mean, there's holes where I'm like, oh, it would be nice to know what's true and what's not. But I'm not going to be publishing this. No one's going to need to know. So I don't, I genuinely don't need to know anything about police districts or anything like that. So I wasn't going to even bother with it. Yeah. Um, unless I really wanted to. And there are things I found out that were fun that played into the plot. Like how dead bodies are dealt with in California when you don't know when it's a John Doe. Mm. Like things like that I found really interesting and that kind of was able to play a little bit into it or how the foster care system works if uh, the child is a child of people who are going to jail. Like there was certain things that it was part of the plot that was interesting but on the whole like there's other parts I was like ah fuck it who cares. I don't. (laughs) I'll care if I need to. Um, So I was able to find a lot of the writing really easy. Like, I was able to just push through. Um, I I still have a lot of the outlines, which are true, so I'm able to, like, just bum, 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 bum. Um, But then things that would get hard would be... (laughs) Because it's a murder mystery, and it, it has to be really well plotted. And I'm like, oh, wait okay, wait, if X and X, and wait, 
Uh, oh no, how does she get, how long does this take to do that? And then how does she find out this information? And there was a big question which this book is about, which is, uh, how does a normal everyday person decide that they're going to start investigating a murder? <laughs> uh, all of us in our daily lives run across stories every day where, mm -hmm. oh, a person was murdered by an unknown other person. And none of us are like, we know what I should do. <laughs> I should start looking into that shit. <laughs> None of us do that. Yeah. And even like if we have family members who like something terrible happens to, mm. like I'm not going to investigate the guy who built my grandmother out of a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm. I'm very sad about it. Oh. But I have no interest in investigating that. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it was a big deal. What exactly propels a person to start right. investigating it? And my favorite thing that came out of this writing process was bad choices. <laughs> the thing that propels an everyday citizen to start looking into a murder is bad choices. <laughs> um, and so that was the funnest part about this book that I didn't expect, was that every time she came up to a big decision, I would think about what the good decision would be, and then I would do something else. What is the bad choice she could make? And that was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not an idiot. She's a smart person who's just not making smart decisions. Yeah. And that was great. It was super fun. And that was kind of the best part about writing that was unexpected. The worst part would uh, was... I don't know. The worst part, more than just like sitting down and writing, was always like the middle part where you want to just keep writing and then you kind of get to a slow down. Mm -hmm. You're like, I know what I need to write next. I know how I want to do it, but like my my urge to do it is like kind of leaving me. Yeah. And and I need to like tap into why that is. And sometimes it was easier than others. And obviously it was super hard because I only wrote for, I only wrote eight days. Like out of the 30 days, I, I counted the days like I actually wrote and I only wrote eight of them. Yeah. So I obviously that was really days. hard. Yeah. yeah. I think I wrote like 15. 16. Right. And then thinking like, oh, if we'd written all the days, <laughs> like how many words we, we, like I mashed in like, Half of a book into eight days? Yeah. Oh, right. I fucking could have done this. Right. <laughs> At the same yeah. time, though, like, knowing the three of us, there's no way that we could have written all of the days. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. But like, crazy I people. probably could have managed my time better. Yeah. Though, and I've shared this story with Claire, so part of my book is somebody is scattering somebody else's ashes. <laughs> and I was like, where are places that would be interesting and also make sense. And I was like, I know, we have the NaNoWriMo forum. So I posed the question, I was like, hey, for anyone who feels comfortable sharing, if you were to be cremated, where would you want your ashes to be scattered and why? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of people shared a lot of really interesting stories um, or answers or sort of like, oh, well, this is a thing that like my husband's family does or like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, these are great. You know, I appreciate all of that. They, a lot of, 90% of the answers involved plants or water, hmm. which is interesting, but like, I can't have them all be plants or water in my book. Uh -huh. um, and then this one woman was like, so I'm interested, what's, like, is someone deciding for themselves? Is somebody doing somebody else's ashes kind of thing? And so I told her, I was like, oh, it's a character scattering somebody else's ashes, and in doing so sort of reflects art because they're scattered in places that were important to that person and like he finds out very specifically why these places were important and then so that my character has a moment of like oh do I have anywhere in my life that would be important enough that I wouldn't want my ashes scattered there so I'm looking for like 12 places for people to have their ashes mm -hmm. scattered and this woman was like Oh, well, some non-plant or water answers. I'm inferring the tone, by the way. Because <laughs> this is an online forum, so I don't know, but I'm inferring the tone. Mm -hmm. Some non-plant or water answers. Skydiving on top of a mountain in the foundations of a house, the foundations of a library. Um, baked into, b baked and fed to their loved ones without them knowing, snail mailed to their enemies, put into a key, a lock, a weapon, a this, a this, and she's just like listing all these things and then ended with dot, dot, dot. 
And to me, that dot, dot, dot was so fucking passive aggressive. <laughs> like, I came up with all of these ideas. Why didn't you? But the thing that irked me the most, this was around the 15th. She already had over 50,000 words. Oh, and it's like, well, if I had the kind of time <laughs> to just sit here and think of random places to put ashes on top of having written over 50,000 words, I'd probably be using passive-aggressive ellipses, too. But that's not my life, bitch. Step back, Brenda. <laughs> anyway. That was uh, something I wanted to share with everyone. <laughs> yeah, the thing that pisses me off about that lady is like, it's not that you were at, like, I'm out of ideas. Right. I have literally no concept of how somebody could possibly distribute ashes. Yeah. You were like, I want personal stories so I could have some background. Yeah. So spark, spark my imagination. I don't need every idea ever. Right. Yeah. 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 It, uh, it was dumb. <laughs> yeah. It was, also, like, baked into food and fed to their loved ones. I'm like, I'm not writing Titus Andronicus. Right, yeah. Thank you. It's a very different book. It's a very different sort of thing. <laughs> Boy. Also, and also knowing my character be mixed into a martini. Oh, wow. <laughs> very fine ashes. Very fine. <laughs> yeah, like it's like ashes are difficult already. Like they're actually way chunkier than you think they're going to be. There's always bone bits yeah. still in it. And then I had to, I'm, I'm probably on a list now too. Cause I was like, how much, like, what is the weight in ashes left over by the average it. person? And like, okay, so if I divide that up by six people and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was the whole thing. <laughs> but now I know. Yeah. He says now too, because Claire, myself, uh, writes a lot of things where there's murder or, or something bombs. or bombs or something. I've, or acts of terrorism. I've, I've looked up all the time, like, exactly what does C4 taste like? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like almonds, by the way, just so you know. Oh. Um, like, or or how, how long does it take to drain a human body of blood? Right. right. If you were to build a car bomb, what would be the best method for the most destruction? <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but this is all in Claire's search history. Right. So yeah. she's on a list. She's on several lists. <laughs> she has no regrets. <laughs> so are, are you going to keep writing? Is everybody going to keep writing? I want to, but I feel like there is a 75% chance... That I will not. But there are definitely other scenes that I'm excited to write, so I'm going to at least try and write those. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a... During November, I was reading all of the like helpful writing tips that came out, because I feel like since it was November, all sorts of publications were like, Stephen King's 20 best ways to like keep up momentum. And there was this great list of... like Not seven, have to have a day job. Well, you know. Yeah. I don't know what... I mean... I don't know what he did before he made it big as an author. But that guy, he writes like fucking... There are some people who are professional writers who still only write one book a year. And Stephen King writes like 13. He's insane. (laughs) Um, So he's just a different person. But um, (laughs) Ernest Hemingway also had some tips. And one of them, I was like... Was one of them rum? (laughs) (laughs) Write sober. Edit super drunk. Um, So uh, one of his tips I really liked, though, was... Um, don't write all the way uh, to where you know it's going. Like, what, as you're writing, if you know, like, the next step, leave it for tomorrow. So it's like, you know, if you, like, finish the oh, idea you had, uh-huh. and then tomorrow you show up at the computer and you're like, now what? Where, like, if you save that for the next day, then you get to build momentum. And I was like... Oh, I like that idea. That's actually I, a really good idea. I know. I never did that. No. And then would show up at my dock and be like, I don't know. Yeah, because it feels so good to finish a session. Yeah. And like you finished the chapter, the thought, right. that beat in the story. And you're like, great, period. I have accomplished a thing today. Yeah. Yeah, but, for me, it was always about um, finishing a chapter. And then... Whereas for him, it's about delaying gratification. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that adds up. Yeah, I would say I, like, one of the detriments I felt like all of my chapters do feel like the length of my writing session. So Uh whatever my writing session was that day, that's how long the chapter was, more or less. But, so I didn't do that. But what I've, I've always done is I keep 
uh, extensive notes. Mm -hmm. So I always start off writing notes. So the writing session starts with me writing like whatever the goals were are for that day mm -hmm. and reading back to old notes. So I kind of catch up with myself. And then at the end of the writing session, I write more notes about like what I want to do next time I sit down, things I want to keep, things I don't care about, things that went badly, things I need to research. There's always like, there's always like extensive amounts of notes around it. So whenever I'm starting, I am picking sort of back up, which is helpful. Like yeah. it doesn't always help, but it's often really helpful for me. Yeah. I plan to keep writing. I feel, I feel, I need to like, take a step back for a little bit, mm. but I definitely want to keep going with this because I had a lot of fun doing it. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm not saying that it's good, but I'm like, I can accomplish finishing this story that's been rattling around in my brain for yeah. like three, four years now. It'd be really cool if we kept up like, I don't know if we could do monthly, but like had our little writing salons because yeah. Neil would light a candle and we'd have snacks and we'd bring our laptops and we'd just churn out words. Yeah. It's like if I knew... I was, like, needing to write this. Yeah. It would keep it in my brain. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I, me, writing by myself at home is difficult. Like, mm -hmm. I have to sit at my dining room table if I expect anything to get done. Mm -hmm. And even that's not a guarantee. Whereas if I'm somewhere else or I have people over, mm -hmm. I stay motivated longer. Like, there was one night I came home late um, and I, like... Finally, you know, like showered, had dinner, blah, blah, blah. I was just about ready to write. And I was like, oh, I want some tea. And one of my roommates was home. And I was like, oh, do you do you want me to, I'm going to boil some water. Do you want some? And he said, yeah. And so his thing is, he mostly like stays in his room. But when he has tea, he always comes out to like have tea with the rest of us. And then, yeah. But then that like started conversation and I ended up writing like 200 words that night. And I'm not going to be like, get the fuck out, I'm writing. But right. I was like. I just, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so the three of us had two separate writing sessions all together. Mm -hmm. uh, one in which it was just sort of, we all just sat at a table and we all just wrote. And then the second one where we sat around a table and wrote, but we also did it in bursts. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. we had like uh, 25 minutes, was it? I think so, Like yeah. about yeah. 25 minutes of writing and five minutes of break. And more or less mm -hmm. like formatted like this. Which, which kind of writing session worked best? For me, I mean, I definitely wrote more that second session with the bursts, mm, but I think mm. we were all a little more focused. The first one, we were, like, very chatty and having fun, and it was, like, still, we like... We got pretty tipsy, too. And we got to tipsy. No, because that whiskey was so good. Whiskey was so good. So good. A very tasty Japanese whiskey. And yeah. that's how we started. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. We all sat down with whiskey sodas. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Oh, and then you made that delicious stew. Oh, thank you very much. So, like, obviously we had to sit around for 10 minutes and talk about how amazing it was. Thank you. And digest. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the best writing food. Because then I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. I have a question. Did you use any kind of, like, software or, like, writing tools? Because, like, I just use Google Docs. And, like... I split it up by chapter, so I just had, like, a, a, a separate doc for each chapter, and then also, like, outline and stuff. But I was curious, like, if other people use things for long-form writing. No, I just use every day I opened up a new Word doc mm. to get my count for the day, and then I now have a document called Notes mm -hmm. that's, like, my outline, and then just, like, all the random non-sequential chunks that I worked ah. on. So I would just, like, whatever I finished that day and I had my word count, I just dump into the notes. Yeah. Doc. Word doc. That's all I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just use Word, but I did feel like it would have been super helpful to use, like, I have a, I have a screenwriting program mm -hmm. that I think you can actually use in novel form as well. Yeah. And I thought about using that in part because, I, like, I just write a character name without really thinking about it mm -hmm. and my notes were helpful for this but it could have been more helpful because I just write like Kathy and I'd be like yeah okay Kathy lives across the street and she has this husband and three kids and she's a nosy bitch <laughs> got it and then later I'd write Laura comes over and she has she tells off the main character Laura and I'm like yes right Laura's a nosy bitch and she has a husband <laughs> and three kids got it and I'd be like wait 
because there's so many neighbors in this particular neighborhood. Uh, She's in a cul-de-sac. So be like, mm. okay. And then I, I drew a map with like who lived where and I try to have to refer to it. And I was like, oh, but is that really? And I was like, okay. And then who's the mom of that one kid? And it just got so fucking confusing. And yeah. I was like, okay, if I just, if I had, because I've used that screenwriting program before and mm -hmm. it keeps track of all your characters. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that would have been really helpful. Like yeah. you just click over and it's like, or the, it gets smart and it's like, oh, do you mean Laura? Because you've had Laura be the noise, nosy bitch before. <laughs> you were correct. Thank you. Yes, I do mean Laura. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think that would have been really helpful. Yeah. And also, like, it would keep track of uh, the plot a little bit for me, like, with the um, with the chapters. It's like, oh, where are we in this chapter? What is the main thrust of this chapter? Because yeah. I lose track of that sometimes, too. I have one chapter that goes back and forth between just the evening before and the right now and then what she wants, like... And then, like, another thing happening, and it was like, oh, that's, this is too hard. I really should have mapped this one out. Yeah. I, because what I have is, like, chunks of scenes, I haven't even started putting it into chapters yet, and mm. that terrifies me, because I've never done it before. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Because, like, when do I start a new chapter, or when do I just do, like, a break? I'm just like, it's, I don't know. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even bother about that. I was just like, oh, this is a break. Like, I thought about them, like... In playwriting, there's, um, there's like, French scenes. Mm -hmm. A new character walks in, it's a new scene. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of thought of it that way. Like, oh, it's a new character, we're just going to start a new scene. If only, and, like, actually that was kind of fun, because then it left whatever was happening on, like, a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. What is even happening right now? Because the doorbell rang. No. Nope. <laughs> Claire, no cliffies. So many cliffies. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was a big fan of cliffhangers. Because <laughs> I think, like, I love the way Charles Dickens or Tolstoy wrote. Because they wrote for a serials, like, in mm -hmm. newspapers. And yeah. every single end of the chapter was the end of <laughs> that. Uh, right. Yeah. All of them were. And, like, to an extent, Jane Austen does, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's like, oh, God, what's happening next? N nothing. It's fine. Everybody's actually okay. Of yeah, course. the lady fell off the wall. But actually, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So are you guys going to read anything? Oh, sure. Yeah, yes, yes, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, listeners, the, the passage that Meg read for us at the beginning was from her own novel. Yeah. <laughs> Work, working title, On Cliff's Edge. On Cliff's Edge. It's a cliffy! <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's this whole sexual thing that's called edging, which I've never yeah. quite... Yeah. And so it, it, it kind of does. Well, I mean, you have orgasms, obviously, in right. that, but it did feel a little bit like that, too. Just like keeping it on the edge, keeping it tight, dude, keeping it tight. That, that <laughs> dude didn't come. <laughs> it's all about the girl. But that's a whole chunk of romance novels where they don't actually like have sex until mm -hmm. the end. Right. Like, the whole mm -hmm. book is them edging. Edging. <laughs> <laughs> this, first, I, I, for someone who talks about how much they love the anticipation of the buildup, uh -huh. I think I think it's interesting. You're like I don't edging. I don't I don't want. It. <laughs> well, I like the anticipation of the buildup. Do not get me wrong, but I I mean there's there's something so it's a, it just feels like a letdown in some ways where you're in a big sex scene and I, I mean it's fine when it's like they're being interrupted or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. but not just like all right now stop because I just want to hold on to this moment where it almost feels good. <laughs> <laughs> And good night. <laughs> okay, now let's go home. Yeah. I have to get in the cab <laughs> feeling like this? No, it's, it's not always how edging goes. No, no, it's no. Like, I, okay. I know. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm just saying narratively. Yeah, sure. That's most romance novels, though. If they don't have... I've found if they don't have sex within the first, like, 30% of the book, if they have sex at all, it's not until the very end, because it's like, oh, then they kiss. Oh, and then they touch each other that place. Oh, and then this thing happens. It's like 300 pages of build-up. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. sometimes they don't even have sex. And then I'm like, I have to go in a cab feeling like this? It's a nightmare. Yeah. A sexy, sexy nightmare. 
Okay, Meg says this as she's eaten half of one of those cookies. Uh-huh. And it's only one partner is fully in her mouth, and the yes. other partner has been left. Is now riding some <laughs> imaginary partner. To be fair, that cookie's now riding Meg's fingers. Yes. Oh. <laughs> like in the book. Oh, God. Hey. Oh, hey. hey. They're so good, too, those cookies. They're really good. Also, your passage was really good. Thank you. Thank you. It really was. I yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, my it. book is not a romance novel, so the sex is um, codependent. <laughs> 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 that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to read that passage. What about you, awesome. Neil? What are you going to read? Uh, I'm going to read a bit from the beginning part because I haven't backed up most of it onto the Google Drive yet, and the actual doc is on my computer, so I don't have it to read to everyone. But I can talk about the sex scenes that I wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I do that now, or should I do it on my turn? You should do it. Do it now. Just do it Talk about your sex scenes, and then also read whatever the scene is. Okay, so, um, something that I went into this book feeling really good about is that I wanted to write honest sex scenes. So sometimes sex is great and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like I haven't written it yet, but there is going to be a scene where two guys are doing anal and they're going to have to stop doing anal for the rest of the night. It's like, cause there's sometimes there's a point and you're just like, we're done with that. <laughs> no, we're done with that. Throw the condom away and we got to figure something else yeah. out. <laughs> and it's fine. And you know, like, yes, it's, it's a little disappointing, but also just, it happens. Yeah. Like that's human physiology. Mm-hmm. Um, so a sex scene that I did write is, so my protagonist is in Paris and he meets up with uh, this guy and his friend and his other friend and the friend's young boyfriend and then the young boyfriend's friend and then that friend's visiting from out of town kind of thing. So it's like these people that he doesn't know, they barely know each other. He doesn't know them. They all go bar hopping. They go to all these gay bars in Paris. And then my protagonist and the cousin visiting from out of town end up going home together and they're on the couch. They're making out. Everything's going great. Especially because the protagonist has had a bad day. Mm. He met up with someone that he had been talking to on an app his whole time in Paris and the guy kept kind of being like, oh, I'm not free tonight, blah, 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 blah. They finally meet up, and the guy was like, no, and walks away. Oh. Right. So my protagonist is, like, his self-esteem is a bit rocked, but he's mm. had fun with these guys, and he's, like, a little too drunk, and now this very attractive French man is on top of him in this gorgeous apartment that he's staying in. Uh, and then Whiskey Dick happens. Oh. Yeah. They're in their underwear, and he just, it's like, not it's not happening. And then he feels terrible. And then the guy that he's with is like, it's fine. We can just... Because he also is the kind of drunk where he's, like, he has the dizzies. Mm, oh, and it's yeah. like, like, every time he shifts on the couch, he kind of has to take him over to make sure he's not going to yerp. So, <laughs> but when he's like, sorry, it's not happening, the guy's like, that's okay. We can just, like, make out until we fall asleep. And that's fun, too. I love that. So, I feel good about these sex scenes that I wrote and I'm going to write, but I don't have any to share with you, because I'm dumb sometimes. So, I'm going to read something from the first seven pages of my book, because that's all that I have backed up on the Google Drive. Fantastic. Great. True to form, Edmund Brantley's wake was an extravagant affair. It began relatively tame, but when the last of the city officials and old money acquaintances trickled out, the mood shifted almost immediately. Wine became cocktails poured with a very heavy hand, and sensible finger food was quickly replaced with cocaine and poppers. The drag queen staged impromptu performances, and the pool was filled with soap so that the suds spilled everywhere. Under the deceased's own instructions, everyone took turns smashing dishes into the sinks and fireplaces. One particularly adventurous go-go boy started doing aerial tricks on a chandelier in the dining room. Strobe lights were set up, speakers pulled out. The entire house, which took up the better part of a city block, thrummed with music and boisterous conversation. Knowing that he wasn't, knowing that the host wasn't milling about them, everyone told stories about the deceased, kind-heartedly making jokes at his expense, speculating where all the money was going. But more than anything, people gossiped about where on earth Edmund Brantley could have come from. No one knew anything about his life before he came to San Francisco nearly 30 years prior. So hopefully that piques interest. And that's what I wrote. Indeed it does. No. <laughs> what about you, Claire? All right. Well, um, 
So in my scene, my main character is Marion, and Marion uh, makes bad life choices and has decided to investigate a murder. Um, <laughs> uh, her investigation leads her to a bar where a band is playing, and she falls in love with the band and immediately with the band leader, mm-hmm. and the band leader knows about <laughs> and the band leader knows about the person who died, so uh, she she wants to talk to him, and immediately they just sort of fall into each other. And, and this is Elvis Costello, right? Yeah, this guy <laughs> looks like Elvis Costello. <laughs> and sings like Elvis Costello, and he's like Elvis Costello. And his name is Alvis. Alvis. Alvis Costello. <laughs> Specifically, if you're thinking of like a picture of how to picture him, uh, on the cover of Elvis Costello's latest uh, memoir is a picture of him as a young man, and he's just sort of lying down, and he's looking up at the camera, like kind of angry looking. That picture. He's angry, hot Elvis Costello. (laughs) Anyway... But in the book, his name is Norman. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So they go back to Norman's place uh, because Elijah, the kid who has died, uh, lived there a little bit with Norman. Um, So they go back to his place and um, Norman's having a really hard time kind of coming to grips with the death of this kid he really loved. And so he's sitting. uh, Marion wakes up after they've had sex and she wakes up and she sees him just at his computer trying to type an email but he can't do it he's having a hard time he just keeps typing the words elijah is dead over and over and over and over again and he can't and then he'll delete it and then rewrite it and delete it and rewrite it like he's obviously trying to tell somebody and it's not working out. he's just you know he's freaking out about it so that leads to this paragraph Marion let Norman do this for a long time, and then deciding to change the circumstances of the morning, made a small noise. His attention immediately turned back to her, and he closed his laptop. In a fluid motion, he left the chair and the desk and crawled into bed and pulled her close to him. He didn't sigh or greet her or whisper his sorrow into her ear. He just pulled her on top of him, one hand deep in her hair at the back of her head, the other cradling her bottom and guiding her as he kissed and breathed her in deeply. His mouth on her, his body was so hot and close it seemed to to open itself at his chest and consume her. She held him there held him close in her arms, held him between her legs, held him tightly, held him to her body so that he didn't fall into a million pieces around her and away from her and away forever, held him while he made demanding, selfish kind of love to her. He made a love to her the way that people do when they are numb. Marion didn't mind. It made her feel useful, and she wondered if that was a feeling she'd been missing for so long. And when they were done, they slept again. She held him in her arms and dreamed no dreams. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, codependency. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And that was uh, one of the scenes that I wrote. Yeah. Bad life choices. <laughs> I love every, every, so often after writing, we'd, like, share bits with each other. And you're like, blah, blah, blah. And then she did this. She knows it's a bad idea, but she did it. I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> Girl. Yeah, half of my uh, half of my chapters really actually end with her thinking, "Ah, oh, crap! I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> uh, and there's one unnamed character, and that character's name is Cubicle Buddy, because <laughs> Marion doesn't even want to give her a name, refuses to remember it, and she gets in deep with Cubicle Buddy because uh, she asks Cubicle Buddy, like, "Hey, so." If you needed to access police records, how would you do that? And Cubicle Buddy's like, holy crap, you're in with something. And then she extorts her for money. (laughs) (laughs) Cubicle Buddy? (laughs) Cubicle Buddy's a bitch. (laughs) Well, that's why she doesn't have a name. Uh. Yeah, well, and our girl, of course, just gives her the money. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's a bad life choice. What's the good choice in this and the bad one? Oh, Marion's made the bad one. <laughs> Should I have sex with this grieving man? No. No, you shouldn't. Are you going to so do it I'm anyway? Gonna. Yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So, I think overall, what was the what was the month like for for everyone? Both mm-hmm. with this and like maybe life things. 
Like, I, I found it hard when I was, because I went down to see my mom for Thanksgiving. So I was there for four days with nothing but time. But I just wasn't motivated to write because that that feels like an obligation, and yeah. I am away from my life, so I don't want to do anything I feel obligated to do. Yeah. So I could have spent all those days writing. I didn't write a single word over Thanksgiving weekend. Which uh, I did. Oh, you know what? I I wrote that that sex scene over Thanksgiving. So that mm-hmm. was nice. Um, <laughs> I imagine you just like like unconsciously sort of like twirling a turkey leg, just like hmm. Mm. Uh. <laughs> uh. Deeper turkey, like deeper. Um, I, uh, I, it's because I was also writing for a show in November. Mm-hmm. So then I was like splitting my creativity and my time yeah. between this project and that one. Um, but it was still a good month, and I definitely. It was like. There were so many good feelings coming after, like, like there was one day where I wrote four thousand words, and I was like, "Oh, that's, that's that was great. fun." But then I had to work on a, I have like a side hustle, you know, gig, yeah. and I need to yeah, do that this on is the Bay Area. So yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, um, and that's usually what I'm supposed to do on Sunday night. And that day, I like churned out some novel stuff, and then I was like, "Okay, now time to write the thing that gives me money." And I'm like. No, my brain don't work no more. <laughs> so dead. And I was like, okay, so there's consequences. <laughs> yeah, I felt like um, I could have segregated time some more. It was, November was an exceedingly busy month. Mm. I didn't expect it to be as busy. I thought I really pushed off a lot of things that would enable me to write. But um, I produced reading, and that took up a lot of time. And I also, and a lot of creative energies too. And I also, uh, there was Thanksgiving in the middle of it, which I did end up doing a lot of writing for. Mm-hmm. But it also meant I had to do a lot of work at my day job to prep for Thanksgiving. And uh, I ended up staying late a lot of nights, and that was, it was just a lot of work. And then I had a, a bunch of uh, medical appointments too. I'm okay, everybody, I'm okay. But I had a bunch of medical appointments too. And those, like, I'd come back from that, and it'd be, like, just an hour in the morning, but I'd be dead. Like, there's yeah. nothing else could happen. And I would had to resurrect her, like, three times. <laughs> <laughs> or just lie on the sofa not doing anything. I'm like, this is the perfect time to write. This is the perfect time to write. Get open your computer and look at YouTube for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then fall asleep in a heap and wake up in the middle of, like, oh, my painkillers wore off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, like, it was... Like it was, so it was a really intense month. I actually did the most writing over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We went away for Thanksgiving itself, the day itself. Um, but then Friday we were back. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I wrote all three days, and I wrote almost all day, all mm-hmm. three days. That's where the bulk of my writing happened. Yeah. Like I would say, like outside of those three days, it was another five days that two that I wrote with three that I wrote with the two of you, mm-hmm. and then two that I wrote by myself. So like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just how the month went, but it was a much busier month than I expected. Yeah. I had um, so part of my year this year, like my 2018, was setting aside time for myself and to like focus on healthy life choices and all mm-hmm. that business. Which is like, okay, well, I'll step back from like doing theater a bit so that I can like. You know, like, I go to ballet class twice a week because I need to exercise my lazy ass. I'm like, oh, this is fun and a gym isn't. I'm never going to a gym, but I will go to a ballet class because you have to pay for it ahead of time. So, and then just sort of, like, setting aside time to um, just sort of, like, be with myself and relax and, like, try to go to bed at a reasonable hour. Like, not that it ever happens. But that's like, okay, great. But between that and everything else that I do, like, that was, that's my time. Like, that's my day. So then having to fit this in also, it's like, oh, no, what have I done? Yeah. Ah! But it it was uh, good. And I was, there were nights that I would, like, somebody would be like, oh, let's go do this thing. And I'd be like, I can't, I have to write. So. Yeah. And whether or not I actually wrote that night is a different Irrelevant. story. Irrelevant. <laughs> I, I intended to. I was at my computer at my dining room table mm-hmm. doing something. Uh but it was good. I'm I'm really glad that I did it, and now I have like the beginnings of 
something that I hope to keep working on. Um, so do do we think we'll participate in NaNoWriMo again? Yes. I, do you think it's cheating? Can you can you continue, or do you have to start from scratch? Okay, I don't think like cheating is actually a thing in this. Like some, uh-huh. we were uh, so this past week was actually the thank God it's over party that mm-hmm. NaNoWriMo throws, and we went and had a great time. Uh, and one guy was there, and he kept saying that he was cheating because he was working on a novel that he'd been working on for a long time. And I genuinely feel, as much as, like, yeah, it's cool to say you wrote this novel in a month. Mm-hmm. No, if you've, like, set aside time, and this is, yeah. like, November, I'm setting aside time, I'm writing this in November, I genuinely don't think it's cheating. Yeah. Um, and I don't think NaNoWriMo does either. There's even, like, a little... There's a badge for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's called, like, going your, or something. Yeah, going your own way or... or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, like, yeah. you... There, oh, there's one for you're writing something other than a novel. Oh. So you're like a play, a yeah. poem, something. And then there's one that's like, it's a novel. You're like, you're not starting from scratch. Take this badge. So it's like, yes. it's it's about writing. Yes. And like yeah. making, consciously making time in your life. And it's write. about helping you making progress. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. With a support system yeah. that you have access to should you need it. So if you end up, though, we're going to meet up and have writing dates. I think so, we should. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and burn you, those candles. If you end up, um, oh yeah, I have these soy uh, candles that are scented, and they're like literary themed. So good. One of them is called Sherlock Study. One of them is called. It smells Brain like Day a chocolate library. So <laughs> 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 good. Oh, so good. Um, but if you don't finish by next November, I want to keep working on it. Everyone will be like, great. I mean, I'm sure there are some people that'll be like. Oh, oh, but they're probably socially inept anyway, so you're going to talk to them. <laughs> like, the person who would care about that sort of yeah. thing isn't someone that you like, want to talk bye. to. Bye. Bye, Brenda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to participate next year. I feel like uh, this year we just sort of decided to do it yeah. in the summer. <gasps> I think knowing now that I'm going to do it next year, I'll be able to plan for it a little mm-hmm. bit better. Mm-hmm. Also be able to plan a lot more leading up to it. Yeah. Uh, but I do intend to keep writing this and uh, probably pick it back up in January because there's a lot of writing I'm supposed to be doing this month that I haven't started yet because I'm such a bad girl. You're <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, I fully intend on picking this up again. It was fun to write. Um, I haven't read through, except the parts that I've read through because I'm proud of, like the little paragraph there or whatever to Neil as we were writing. I haven't read back any of it. I haven't either. So I genuinely don't know. I only know like what I want to happen going forward. It's going to be a trip reading it back, because I think it's going to read mostly like a narrative outline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've only reread my sex scenes. So looking back, I was like, are they actually sexy? My fear is that I'll like, I'm putting it all out there. Because like when I'm writing it, I'm like turning myself on. Great. And I'm like, that seems like a good thing. But I'm like, is anyone else? I mean, like, I haven't had... P and V sex yet? Like I personally, <laughs> but in the book it has it. Like because they're like all virgins, you know. And I'm trying to make it very like because the thing that I that drives me crazy about other romance novels is the either the dude uh, is like the the one who sweeps the shy woman off her feet and like somehow helps her discover her sexuality. Blah blah blah. Um, so my character is horny as fuck. Like yeah. she's always the initiator. And right. and she's a virgin, so she's just like I don't know. I know that I want something. I just mm-hmm. don't know what it is. Has she played with herself? So there's sense? going to be a scene in the. So I was debating. So in this, what I just read, it's like that was her first orgasm. Mm-hmm. Because so she's been hooking up with this other guy, Finbar. Um, <laughs> but he's been a disappointment. Oh, so, no. um, but that's like her first love, and like mm-hmm. you know they've been like learning with each other. But he's just like. It's great. I love when you touch me, and then I sprinkle some seed out, and then I go to sleep then. And she's just like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I'm just like, the fact that I'm writing these things, and there's still, like, some, like, sexy moments where she's, like, exploring his body, and she's all, like, turned on and getting turnt, and then, and then, like, frustrated. I'm like, is this, is this good? Can I Would just say, like this? I appreciate the hell out of that. I appreciate that, like... 
the the complex feelings you have like i love you i you were my first love yeah. i am so tr attracted to you and we have such an intense like emotional and intimate personal relationship mm -hmm. and you do not know how to get me off yeah. and i am i feel complex feelings about that yeah. like i want like oh if only like how am i supposed to break up with you when you were the first love of my life right but i also want to be with somebody else yes. yeah. <laughs> no that's like hard yeah and i feel like more women we were so wrapped up in reading books that are this is your the love of your life and it's forever right. and this is the most amazing thing ever and, and sex just magically works it just happens and you don't have to work at it right instead of like having complex emotional feelings with mm -hmm. somebody and having to work at sex yeah and no. that's not a bad thing because, oh i love it that's that's so much more interesting to read because that's not a woman who's like, I don't understand feelings. <laughs> like, having a man decide when she mm -hmm. can have her sexual awakening. Yes, yeah. Whereas, like, okay, yes, I'm a virgin, but I have enough experience to understand that this isn't what I want. Yeah. Like, yeah. is this what it is? Like, yeah. or is there something else? Can it be different with another person? Right. And that also allows for a female character to have more agency and, like, gives her the opportunity to be like, I'm making informed decisions because of what I want. Yes. And because of experiences that I have had. Yeah. Which, can we just, like... Can all romance novels be like that? Like, the I don't understand why everyone has to be a virgin in romance novels. I, know. I don't understand yeah. it. So then it's like, it was perfect the first time. No, it wasn't. It was not. Twasn't. <laughs> Definitely twasn't. As opposed to, like, yeah, I've had good relationships I've had bad relationships I've had pretty good sex I've had bad sex mm -hmm. oh we seem to be doing alright oh that I didn't like that I communicated that to him mm -hmm. we, oh he didn't like that he communicated yeah. that to me we worked towards together and now that we both put the work in it's yeah. amazing now we have great sex and I'm like thank you because and it's there's like a way to make that sexy like when we talk about it people are like oh that's so uncomfortable I'm like no let's celebrate it and like we can make that sexy a good yeah. way to make that sexy yeah uh, or even just like, hey, like afterwards, or mm -hmm. like the next day, or two days later, yeah. when it's like, okay, we're both clothed, mm -hmm. so nobody's feeling exposed right now. Because guys like to have deep relationship conversations with me while we're still naked in bed, just having had sex. And it's like, <laughs> I feel so exposed right now. I go, <sighs> oh god, can I find oh, a robe? All my squishy bits are showing. Um, <laughs> Whereas it's like, okay, two characters had sex, and it was great, but, like, some things could be tweaked, and, like, a few days later, it's like, hey, nothing against you personally. <laughs> could you try this? Could we try this? I like it better this way. Yeah. Sure, sure. And everyone's like, okay, this isn't a reflection on me and my worth as a person. <laughs> this is someone communicating their wants and desires to me, and I'm going to be okay with that, and yeah. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to do the same. Is that so hard? It's not. I mean, we kind of have to change society to make that happen. But. True. I mean, but the other thing that I think uh, Neil and I do, or are doing in this, is that the sex can be, or, or, you know, like, the sex can be bad, but you can still have an emotional attachment to the person. Right. And that's not on either of them. Or, mm -hmm. like, in my case, the sex can be very good, mm -hmm. but actually that's a bad thing. Yeah. Like, the sex is great. Uh, and that can lead to an emotional attachment that shouldn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, she obviously has great sex with Spike. Right. Uh -huh. But it is problematic AF. Problematic <laughs> as... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I think For that we them. need yeah. more of that in romance novels, too, where you don't have to rely on sex as a barometer of how good things are going. Right, yeah. You don't have to rely on men touching your nipples to understand that this is going to change your fucking life. <laughs> God, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think um, I think we can leave it there. Yeah. I think we can sail cool. off into the rest of our writing lives. Wow. Um, this so is the final. beginning of the rest of our lives. <laughs> We're all going to get published. Yeah. Well, as we've read, we just have to publish. It's now. true. Like it's true. Like, we don't, we don't have to go through the Guardians. It's true. <laughs> And from some of the things we've read, I don't even need to fix my typos before I publish. <laughs> Get it out there. <laughs> just spit it out. Let, just let the algorithm do its magic. <laughs> yeah. You can just put a lot of SEO in your novel and you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great. 
Well, thanks, Meg, so much you guys, for coming back. So fun. Yeah. yeah. This is this is really excellent. I'm really yeah. proud of us too. Yeah. Like, I know none of us. Well, Neil met his personal goal, mm-hmm. um, but none of us met the overall goal. But I think we actually all should feel really proud that we even started. That we've yeah. got a good start. And there were speaking to plenty of people at the thank God it's over party. Like plenty of people didn't make it. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a stat of how many people hit fifty thousand. Oh yeah, I'm sure there there is. is. Yeah. Um but yeah, and I wanna like anybody who's out there who's thinking of writing that novel, I absolutely NanoRimo. Like get on the website. Mm -hmm. Uh meet there's forums, there's a lot of people there who want to be supportive. AF. Yeah, there there are actual human beings involved with the organization in your area whose job it is to make you feel included mm-hmm. and supported. So reach out to them. And yeah, and there's nobody's there to judge. Nobody's there to make you feel bad about what you've mm-hmm. written or how you're doing. Nobody there is going to ask to read any of your stuff unless you want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, everybody, thank you so much, Neil. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Meg. Oh. Thanks, Neil and Claire. <laughs> uh, thank you, Christine, of course. Thanks, Christine. Thank you for those cookies. You're Sexy cookies. They, they are arousing and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you, Neil, again, um, for getting me to do this. I didn't say this before specifically, but I think like I was not going to participate. And you got me to do it, and I feel really good. Great. And that's on yep. you, and we, I thank you. We force each other into things. That's our friendship. Indeed. I force, <laughs> I, I actually forced Neil to read out loud, and I, yeah. he was not mm-hmm. going to she do that. She kind of forced me into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we force each other into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. It was uh, it mutual, out. non-consensual it's, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we, we, we force each other to do things that we know that the person can do, but they aren't comfortable with yet. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we um, thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Um, and uh, thanks to the universe and NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Thanks, NaNoWriMo. All right. Uh, we should stop this podcast now. In three, <laughs> two, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs>